0: your voice a heartfelt chat with dr Fujian.
1: eliminate stress reduce anxiety and decrease depression dr Fujian zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results the Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand download today
2: Do you wish to wake up one day and hit the Life Reset button? Life Reset, the awareness integration path to create the life you want by Dr. Fujian Zain, helps you navigate crucial life areas, heal the past traumas, and cultivate fulfilling relationships and careers. Life Reset is your guide to a profound journey to reshape your life. Grab your copy on Amazon or Audible now and embark on a path to a more joyous and fulfilled life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with my guests and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. So great to be with all of you today. I'm excited in this episode to chat with Dr. David Clark, who's the president of the Psychophysiological Disorders Association. It is a 501c nonprofit dedicated to ending chronic pain epidemic. Dr. Clark graduated from Williams College with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and he held an MD from the University of Connecticut School of Medicine. He's a board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology. His organization's mission is to advance the awareness, diagnosis, and treatment of stress-related and brain-generated medical conditions. The PPDA supports an evidence-based biopsychosocial approach that is safer and more affordable and more effective than traditional treatments of chronic pain. With a focus on uncovering stress and identifying trauma, the PPDA encourages patients to take control of their symptoms without drugs, surgery, or expensive treatments. Dr. Clark is um, the organization's president, is a renowned gastroenterologist, author of three books, is a producer of three films, and an international lecturer on psychophysiological disorders. And you can go to his website, endchronicpain.org, and you get so much more um, information. He offers um, Uh, different assessment tools that you could actually go on the website and check out the assessment tools and see where you fit. And we had an amazing conversation, kind of bringing the psychology world uh, to the medical world and how he has integrated those and how much he has helped his uh, patients and, um, and looking at it from a different angle. So I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I do. Subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, and connect with me through my website, fujanzain.com, or any of the social media. Now, share with me your thoughts and um, you know topics, conversations that you want to know. I want you to go and check out Fujon app because we've really reduced... Uh, the fee for everybody. So go back and check it out. People are um, enjoying like 60% improvement in one area of life just by doing this work in the Fujian app. So go check it out. I love to hear from you. So please, please, please uh, don't hesitate to contact me in any format. Without further ado, here's Dr. David Clark. Intentional Parenting, a Practical Guide to Awareness Integration Theory, written by Dr. Jafari, Dr. Fujan Zain, and Dr. Manoukian, three experts in human development, is your step-by-step guide to raising a healthy child prepared for a culturally integrated world. We're supported in parenting infants to adolescents using the latest evidence-based scientific research on parenting.
1: Order your copy on Amazon now. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today.
2: Welcome to the show, D- Dr. David Clark. How are you?
0: I'm just great. Um, wonderful to be with you.
2: Well, today is a rainy day everywhere, right? You're in Portland, I'm in Southern California, and uh, we're getting blessed with a lot.
0: Yeah, no more drought, I guess. Uh, it's hitting the entire West Coast.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um I'd love for you to share uh, your experience with stress illnesses. We're going to, you know, you're an author of the like your latest book, you've also authored other books, but they can't find anything wrong, and it seems like there's so many experiences that people feel and you know experience in their body and in their psyche that um, we don't have necessarily uh, symptomology that says okay this is the issue or this is the illness, and and sometimes even they get wrong diagnosis, but. A lot of it has to do with the level of stress that people experience. And if it becomes chronic, obviously it does become some sort of an illness. First of all, what got you interested in looking at it, look, looking at the whole thing from this angle?
0: Well, you know, I started out uh, with no training or background in psychology. I mean, you're a psychologist, and I'm a gastroenterologist. I'm board certified in that and internal medicine. Um, But there is a huge gap um, between us that actually – 40% 40% of people who go to the doctor fall into. It's the biggest blind spot in medicine. It's physical symptoms that do not have a disease or an injury uh, to explain them. And I first found out about this when I was still a doctor in training. Uh, I had been doing pretty well up to that point. I got an award uh, for excellence in medical school. I was in a, uh, my dream training program at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. Uh, I was getting high scores on my board examinations. So the last thing I expected was to run into a patient um, that I didn't know the first thing about diagnosing or treating. And this patient was a 37-year-old woman who was averaging one bowel movement per month, despite taking four different laxatives at double the usual doses. And she had been sent to us by another university where they couldn't find anything wrong with her because we were going to do a specialized test that my department chair and I were convinced was going to uncover the uh, answer to her problems. But that test was normal as well, uh, which surprised us uh, both a great deal. Uh, And it was left to me to do her exit interview, and I was searching for anything else that might help her. I was talking to her about stress. I was asking her about stress that had happened earlier, thinking maybe some stress had triggered her illness. And that's when she told me she had been sexually abused as a girl. Uh, Not just once or twice, which would have been bad enough, obviously, but in her case, hundreds of times. And at the time, I had you know no background in psychology. I didn't know what to do with this information. I didn't know that it could possibly be connected to the reason why she was so severely ill. But I had heard of a psychiatrist named Harriet Kaplan at UCLA, who was certified in medicine as well. And I thought, okay, this is something I can do. I can help this patient by getting her to see Dr. Kaplan, and maybe the patient will be able to live with her condition a little better. Well, a couple of months later, I ran into Dr. Kaplan in an elevator, and I, just to make conversation, I said, whatever happened to that patient that I sent to you? And she said, oh, I haven't seen her in a few weeks now, Dave. Uh, She's cured. Um, she doesn't have the problem anymore. She's not needing to take all those medications anymore. And that just completely shocked me that you could uh, alleviate a serious physical condition just by talking to somebody. I'd never heard that that was possible. But I learned the framework from Dr. Kaplan over the next year and a half. I began using it in my practice and now we're, you know, almost forty years later. Seven thousand patients that I've worked with—it's uh, the biggest blind spot in healthcare, and it doesn't have to be.
2: Absolutely. As you were sharing, I um, it, uh, gave me—I was also uh, sexually abused from age three to um, Oh age. my goodness! And um, I remember I had so many pain in, um, in my, uh, kind of like the, um, uh, let's say my colon area or, you, uh, uter- you know, uterus area. And there wasn't anything. It's just had, I had a lot of constipation. I had so much throughout my whole teenagers and, and young adulthood. And I remember until I went to therapy, you know, I was about 20, like 24, 25, which I started going to therapy and slowly but surely, without changing diets, without changing anything else, the pain just started like alleviating and, you know, going. I didn't have those problems anymore. And then, you know, um, I could see that as different traumas um, were releasing, different pain in different areas of my body, which we would be holding, would start releasing. And um, I even had, you know, working with with a lot of people who had trauma Um, And even up to today, because the model I created is trauma-informed, as we go through the trauma and release the trauma, you could see the different areas which were holding, you know, the muscles were holding at that time. And they, they, you know, whether it, it was a physical trauma or it wasn't even a physical trauma, even if it was an emotional trauma, because your body was holding under the stress so much that those tissues or muscles were still holding that kind of an energy. And as you keep releasing these, a lot changes in your body.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that experience. Um, but you're very fortunate that you found your way to a treatment that was able to help you with this. Uh, it's a condition that affects uh, 20% of adults um, in the United States alone and 40% of people who visit a primary care physician uh, for you know, symptoms that can be from head to toe, as you point out, uh, migraines, uh, a lot of long COVID, a lot of chronic fatigue uh, fibromyalgia irritable bowel syndrome pain in the low back uh, irritable bowel um, pain in the joints uh, functional neurologic disorders um, visual disturbances and a list of symptoms uh, that can result from this uh, just goes on and on but the the good news is that if you know what to look for if you can uncover the stress uh, that is responsible for this and bring that out into the open, you can successfully treat it. Um, I have had some very ill patients, and these symptoms are all 100% real. They're just as real as symptoms from you know any other cause of illness uh, that I encounter as a physician. Um, but you can alleviate them if you know what to look for uncover the stress that the patient themselves may not recognize. Um, But if you bring that into conscious awareness and deal with it, the symptoms improve. Uh, One of my patients had been ill for 79 years uh, over a tragic event that happened when she was 8 years old. But even that patient, we were able to make the connection to the tragedy that happened when she was a girl, uh, help her to cope with that. And her symptoms improved dramatically after that, even after so many decades.
2: Yes. So the book, everyone, is They Can't Find Anything Wrong. Seven Keys to Understanding, Treating, and Healing Stress Illnesses by Dr. David Clark. Can you share with us the seven keys? Let's go from one to seven.
0: Well, it uh, these days I like to talk about... Um, Um, a process that involves uh, diagnosis maybe with five steps to it. Um, And the first step is just to uncover any stresses that are in your life uh, at the moment, Um, and especially if there's any chronological link to when and where your symptoms began or when and where they fluctuate uh, over time. Um, The second area that I like to look at Uh, is whether somebody had adversity in childhood. And this can be anything uh, that you wouldn't want a child of your own to go through. Uh, For example, one of the common exercises that I have my patients do is imagine themselves a a butterfly on the wall of their childhood home, uh, and they are watching a child that they care about, either their own child or another child to whom they're connected. And they're watching that child try to cope with everything they had to cope with as a child, uh, uh, no matter you know, what level of adversity uh, that was. And how do they feel when they're watching that child try to co- deal with these issues? Do they feel sad or angry, for example? Or was there treatment of the child that uh, affected their self-esteem on a long-term basis? And then the third major area that I look at are, are three different mental health conditions that can present themselves Uh, with a bodily symptom. And these are depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress. And I know you deal with all three of those all the time, but the majority of people who struggle with those, they actually manifest themselves uh, with a bodily symptom that brings them to a medical physician first. And unless the medical physician knows to look for these conditions, uh, they can very easily miss it. Um, one of my patients, for example, had 22 different encounters with one physician or another. Uh, over a seven-month period of time, uh, all because of severe depression manifesting physically. And the severe depression was missed. And a couple of weeks before she wound up in my office, she had actually driven herself to the edge of the Columbia River here uh, on the Oregon-Washington border and walked out into it uh, until she was up to her neck and stood there for 10 minutes thinking about whether she was going to keep going and and drown herself. Fortunately, she turned around, got back in her car, <clears throat> came to see me in the office the following week, uh, where we made the correct diagnosis of her depression. Uh, but it shows you, you know, just how severe depression uh, can be missed um, in a medical environment. So those are the the main things I look for. Also, the um, the long term consequences of what we call adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. Um, Many of those uh, can be successfully treated, even though we can't go back and change the adversity that people suffered. Um, The personality uh, traits that develop in response to adversity, uh, the repressed emotions that develop in response to adversity, and dealing with triggers uh, in your present day environment uh, that are uh, triggering for you because they are linked to the ACEs in the past, all of those can be successfully dealt with.
2: Beautiful, yes. Um, One of the things that also happens is with anxiety. It seems like a lot of times, um, people just go to their physicians in order to have some sort of a medication to calm them down a little bit. And although medication will kind of like tamper down a little bit of the intensity of the emotion, but anxiety is one of those things that if you change, if you don't change the way you look at life, it's going to keep coming back. Obviously, depression has the same concept. But anxiety, um, every moment, if you're doing this kind of uh, "what if, what if" thinking, that is bringing so much anxiety. Or their ha- habits, and um, you, you know, if somebody's holding secrets, whether it was about a trauma that they hold, or they're doing something right now that they keep putting themselves. Um, in, in, in a position of danger or um, hiding something, always waiting to be found out, um, w- waiting for the other shoe to drop, all of these ways of thinking and outlook about life is going to create a lot of anxiety symptoms. And then the symptoms uh, are very physical very physical like the heart palpitation and you know can't breathe and you know as you're always holding you have back aches and there's so much pain and ailment that it goes to and then they will go into their internist and uh usually you know one prescription of anti-anxiety which could be very addictive uh brings the person a little bit down but because they haven't changed their thought process or um, habits it keeps continuing So can you share a little bit about your approach uh, from a physician's perspective of how do you work with people who come in and underneath is this type of stress that has kind of brought them into a place of being used to creating anxiety all the time within themselves?
0: Yes, a a lot to unpack there. Uh, Oftentimes, the first clue uh, that anxiety is involved is when the physical symptom is more severe or more frequent, when the individual is away from what they consider a safe environment. Uh example is a patient of mine who had severe abdominal cramps uh followed quickly by diarrhea but these only these were these were happening two or three times a week uh, but they only happened when she was away from home and home for her was a safe environment. Uh she never had an episode uh when she was at home only when she was away. And you know your your intestines and your bowels they don't know if you're at home or somewhere else. Only your brain knows that. So it was very clear that um, the brain was involved in the creation of her symptoms and uh, that that was in turn due to anxiety. And now in looking for the source of the anxiety, very often in my patients, we can trace it back to childhood experience. So many of my patients grew up in environments that resembled a minefield where, you know, on any given day, you might be going through your life uh, as a child and everything would be fine. Uh, But then the next time, same environment. And just as in a minefield, something blows up, something very bad happens to you. So you have to be constantly vigilant as a child, always watchful, always worried, always paying attention to details, uh, because something bad might happen to you. And you absorb that way of living at a very early age and it becomes a a basic assumption of your life. But if we can help people to see where they learned these false assumptions about life, uh, who taught them these things, how did they teach them, how did they absorb these these lessons from their early environment. Then we can begin the process of change, um, bring the stress level down, and the physical symptoms in response to that uh, also improve as a result.
2: What is your experience um, in the, the way that the stress uh, puts itself in the body, expresses itself in the body, and when it gets chronic, um, what mostly symptomology or even illnesses have you uh, seen in all of the years? I know that in your, uh, in your book, you obviously talk about depression and anxiety disorders Um, And how, you know, obviously childhood stress and trauma has affected them. Uh, But where is it that you actually see? Is it all over the body or is it mostly uh, specific places that you have experienced that stress really affects more and more?
0: Yeah, well, because I'm trained as a gastroenterologist, that was the uh, first group of patients uh, that I saw. They had uh, anything from difficulty swallowing up here to you know, rectal spasms uh, at the other end and you know, every kind of symptom uh, in between. Uh, one of my patients even had a completely paralyzed stomach. But as time went on and people became aware of the work that I was doing with patients who had no um, biological or biomedical explanation for their symptoms, they began to send me their mystery cases uh, who had symptoms from all over the body. And this could be uh, temporomandibular joint problems, uh, visual disturbances, migraines, ringing in the ears, uh, trouble swallowing, um, low back pain uh, was a big one. One of my patients had uh, itching over his in, the skin of his entire body, um, joint problems, uh, pelvic pain, bladder spasms. Um, there's something called persistent genital arousal disorder is a, another variation on this. Um, breathing problems, unexplained cough. The, the only common denominator uh, is that these patients can have more than one symptom at a time, sometimes a lot more uh, symptoms at a time. One of my patients, uh, my personal record patient had 27 different symptoms that he was suffering from simultaneously. Uh, Another characteristic of these symptoms is that they can move from place to place. I think you experienced that uh, personally, that uh, the symptoms wouldn't always stay in one place. And that's not something that you're going to find with an infection or a fracture or a tumor. Uh, Those are not going to move around. They're going to stay Uh, in one spot. So if you have symptoms that are moving or that are fluctuating a great deal, uh, that's a strong clue um, that uh, the symptoms are uh, brain-generated or stress-related. In fact, at our website, endchronicpain.org, we have a very simple 12-item self-assessment quiz that people can take uh, that will uh, screen them and educate them for whether their symptoms are likely to be caused by this. It's set up in a way that the more of these questions to which you answer yes, the more likely it is that the symptoms are generated by the brain by by stress.
2: What are your thoughts about the autoimmune diseases? Does that very much related to the stress or is it just, um, does it caused by stress or is it just exasperated by stress?
0: You know, that's a fascinating area. There is, research that shows that adverse childhood experiences are related to development of autoimmune diseases later in life. Specifically, the more of those ACEs that you went through, um, the more likely it is that you will have some form of autoimmune disease uh, later in life. Now, why is that? We haven't completely uh, nailed down the exact physiologic connections between the ACEs and the autoimmune diseases, but it is likely that the inflammatory response in the body uh, is triggered by the ACEs and that that long-term inflammation um, over a period of many years or decades uh, can increase your risk for these autoimmune diseases. What we don't know is if we uh, successfully treat the long-term consequences of the ACEs, does that change um, the pathway of your autoimmune disease? Are you less likely to get them? Are you more likely to have a favorable outcome from those autoimmune diseases. We just don't have the research to know that yet. But I'm, I'm optimistic that if we help people with the long-term consequences of their ACEs, that we may tune down the inflammatory response in the body. Still waiting for the answers on that.
2: So what I'm also hearing from you is when we learn how to bring that the stress down, and the stress is not just a matter of how do you bring the daily stress down, but you're also bringing the stress down of the way you uh, your belief systems, which keeps bringing every day into that stress. Beside what you know, the world brings the stress towards you, and when you're looking at how your lifelong um, whether habits or experiences or things that have happened to you you're carrying them you're not complete with them you're consistently carrying with you that it has a direct effect on your body and then the symptomologies are going to are going to hold so the point is go ahead and treat them from you know from a physician's perspective what you need to do and check your body and treat them but if you are checking your body, for example, as you go with a physician, and you can't really find a lot of things, you also, regardless of whether you find it or not, you it's important for us to also take this part of us very seriously. Take the psychological angle of how we're consistently, using uh you know maybe faulty belief systems or experiences or traumas that are holding there and 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 the emotions that are consistently being produced daily because of those things and if those are not shifted that the body no matter what is going to be under stress like you could create your life stress-free on a day-to-day basis but if you haven't cleared your past in a sense um that you those thought processes are going to keep creating stress overall in your body which then it becomes physical.
0: Yes, you've done a great job of summarizing uh, my process there. You you want to make sure that there's no biomedical explanation for a symptom. You have to have that diagnostic evaluation and then if it's not showing a clear-cut organ disease or structural damage that explains the symptoms uh, then we start looking for um we start looking at the brain and from there we look at uh stress that has impacted the brain it's there's evidence now that stress can actually change the anatomy of the circuits that process signals from the body uh, in a way that produces the pain or other symptoms. So this is a a real phenomenon in the brain that is going on. The brain is capable of generating incredible levels of symptoms uh, in the body. And the solution is to go after the stress that has been doing this, whether it's in the present day uh, or in the past. And you're absolutely right that you know, looking at the long-term impact of the adverse childhood experiences is often a key for this. Stressful personality traits uh, is an important one. Um, many of my patients have simply learned things as children um, that became assumptions that they incorporated into themselves uh, that are not true. You know, they've learned that they're second rate or worthless human beings. They've learned that they need to be perfect. They've learned that they need to be highly self-critical or put out enormous amounts of energy on behalf of other people in their lives without necessarily putting themselves on the list of people they take care of. And there are, you know, a lot more of these personality traits uh, that are stressful and that impact your body as a result. Uh, Another one is the repressed emotions. Many of my patients are carrying, uh, anger, fear, shame, grief, uh, or guilt, um, coming from their past, coming from their childhood experience, that they're simply not recognizing. Um, One of my patients, uh, when I went to see her uh, here in my hospital in Portland, she said something to me I've never heard from any other patient, which was, thank you for coming, doctor, but don't waste your time with me. Uh, You'd be better off seeing your other patients. And when I asked her why she said that, she had good reason. It turned out that she uh, lived in the same city as a major university, and she had been hospitalized uh, at that hospital 60 times over the previous 15 years with no diagnosis. She was having attacks of uh, extreme dizziness uh, accompanied by vomiting uh, that would put her in the hospital four times a year for the previous 15 years. And of course, she'd had every test you can think of. She saw a dozen specialists. They had a psychiatrist come and talk to her who found nothing wrong. Uh, but it turned out that uh, she had been verbally and emotionally abused by her mother. Her mother was still in her life at the age of 50. Uh, the mother was in her 70s. Uh, the mother was still emotionally and verbally abusing her uh, You know, after all these years. And there was enormous emotional. Emotional tension and anger uh, in that relationship, of which the patient was completely unaware. Um, and it turned out that uh, I was able to find that all of her attacks of illness were connected to interactions with the mother. And as soon as she saw that connection, I can still remember her looking up at the ceiling and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And in her case, just bringing that all that emotion into her conscious awareness, uh, where she could deal with it, uh, was enough to alleviate her attacks. She went home from the hospital the next day. She never had another episode.
2: It's beautiful. So either we have to train all physicians into psychology methods, or we have to have a psychologist or a therapist.
0: We (laughs) need to talk to each other. We need to reach across the gap because it is the biggest blind spot in healthcare right now. This is 50 million people in the United States alone.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, I created uh, a psychology model it's called awareness integration, which it does take a lot. Like you go into every area of your life and really look at becoming aware of, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, the impact, your assumptions, and relatedness to every area. And um as you were sharing, it's um it's so important for people to actually have those because we're not you know, we're not getting that in education, like we're not getting that as we're growing up in school and how to be aware, how to look at all of these links that are there. Uh, you know, and traumas are in our body, emotions, you know, expressed in our body. And if we're not able, like you said, to talk about uh the emotions, we haven't learned how to do that or release it, then obviously it's gonna hold somewhere in your body and continuously you're going to have that. I remember I had stomach ache and ulcers uh when I was very young in my 20s and um you know based on after I went to therapy then uh my body started changing and releasing because I was holding my uh stress uh, and pain and you know depression and anger and all of it in different parts of you know my organs, and as I started obviously working through therapy and releasing, um, it you know it all kind of like went away. It all released, and obviously with that awareness also showed me how to change my eating habits, which also then supported it. But part of my eating habits were also anxiety and depression written, so you could see that all of these were hand, went hand in hand. And although there wasn't any type of like chronic illnesses, thank God. But if I didn't, if I wasn't aware, and if, you know, I just went to doctors who just dealt with specific symptomologies and gave me just, you know, pills for those, this whole bigger picture would have never released. So this is also what I'm hearing and what's happening, you know, what what you wrote in your book is to start looking at the symptomology that comes into your body. Your body's telling you, I'm in pain. And then as we unfold why it is in pain, that could it be a physical symptomology and can it, and beside the physical symptomology, can it be all of these other pieces that we could actually take the root cause out and not just deal with symptoms once in a while.
0: Yes, you're you're so right. You've summarized this so well and I just want your listeners to recognize your symptoms were real. You were not imagining these things. You were not making them up. You had symptoms that were just as severe as if you'd had, uh, you know, inflammation or an ulcer or a tumor. It, it The symptoms are no different in terms of their severity, and unfortunately, most doctors are trained to look just at organs and structures, and if they don't find anything there, there's kind of an assumption that, you know, our job here is done. We don't need to look any further. Uh, and these symptoms are probably just all in your head. You're imagining them. You're probably neurotic. Uh, we can't diagnose you any further. You're just going to have to live with this. And it's really not our job as doctors to help you. And, uh, you know, I was taught those uh, false assumptions uh, as well early in my training. I am so grateful I ran into Dr. Kaplan, who taught me that every single one Of those assumptions was false, uh, and the uh, remarkable outcomes that you can achieve uh, once you start looking for the psychological stresses that are responsible for these conditions. Because as you found out through your therapy, once you can put these, once you have the awareness, and then you can put these into words, um, the physical symptoms. are less. The stress doesn't need to be expressed via the body. I mean, your body, even when it's hurting, is actually your friend. It's trying to tell you something. It's trying to communicate with you. And if you're If you know where to look, you can hear that message, you can have a recognition of where the stress is coming from, you can put it into words, and the more you put it into words, the less needs to go into your body and in the form of symptoms. One of the most successful exercises that I've done with my patients who went through adversity as children is to have them write an unmailed letter to the person or persons who mistreated them, just by putting those words down, both good and bad. I mean, not every ace perpetrator uh, is completely bad. Some of them have good qualities as well. But you put all of that uh, down in words, um, and those emotions don't need to be expressed into your body as much anymore.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They can't find anything wrong. Seven keys to understanding, treating, and healing stress illness by Dr. David Clark. Um, Dr. Clark, anything we haven't really shared that you really want people to know?
0: Well, I do like people to check out the website of uh, my nonprofit, endchronicpain.org. Um, we have that 12-item self-assessment quiz there that takes two or three minutes for people to get uh, an insight into whether they might be suffering from this uh, themselves. Uh, we've also got uh two professional courses on there that we've made deliberately jargon free so that even people who are not healthcare professionals can take it. Um, We wanted the medical professionals to be able to understand the psychological material and vice versa. Um, So that's why we made it just in in plain English. there are uh, two textbooks now. The first one is called Psychophysiologic Disorders. And for people that are interested in science, um, that also is written jargon-free so that people can uh, can read that book as well. Um, we've got a brand new course on there just released uh, last month um, that's got all kinds of fun uh, graphics and um we have uh, five different actors doing role playing to illustrate uh, some of these principles. So that's a fun course to take as well. Um, and, and a whole, uh, for people who support the nonprofit by becoming members, um, we have a, a free course on there um, that, just in in 13 brief chapters, covers a lot of this material in, in quite some depth.
2: Beautiful, thank you so much for, uh bringing uh, and bridging uh, the medical field and the psychology field together in such a beautiful way. It's truly, truly needed. And um, and I hope that your work uh, allows the medical industry to kind of open up into incorporating and integrating these fields together consistently, especially in uh, patient assessment and patient treatment.
0: Well, thank you. You've uh, you've helped to bridge the gap between our two professions, and I'm very grateful.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time and being with us. Thank you. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.
1: Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.